Welcome to Beside the Burn for Thursday the 10th of March and we're continuing our series uh, looking at 40 unseen women of the Bible and uh, today we come to Tamar and we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 38 and uh, this is day 8 of our uh, series for Lent and we are um going to read together uh, all of chapter 38. There's a lot to fit into. Uh, today, we uh, again are coming up against a, a difficult story, a horrendous story again. And just the way that some of these women have been treated is absolutely horrendous. We come to an incredible display of faith today because Tamar risks everything for her place among God's people. Everything was against her. If anyone had reason to give up and to run away, it's Tamar. But that's not what she did. I come across so many people who have given up because someone looked at them the wrong way or something happened to them in church way, way back and they've never been able to get over it and they've used it as an excuse to run away from God. I've also met many people like Tamar who persist through the most difficult of times and have maintained their faith and have stayed with God. We're called to be part of the church of Jesus Christ and because someone does or doesn't do what we want is not a reason to give up and Tamar here perseveres. So we need to have a faith like Tamar. But what did she do? What happened to her? Well, Let's read it together. And again, it is a difficult story. So it's Genesis 38 and verses 1 to 30. Uh, so it's quite a long reading. I may stop the odd time and, and just make a little comment as we read through together. At that time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a man of Adullam named Hira. There Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and made love to her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son who was named Er. She conceived again and gave birth to a son and named him Onan. She gave birth to still another son and named him Shelah. It was at Kezeb that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Er, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Er, Jacob's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife and fulfil your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. Now, just to say that this is the idea of being a kinsman redeemer, as it were, that we saw in the story of Ruth. Uh, but here Onan doesn't want to fulfill uh, the role that has been given to him. So verse 9, But Onan knew that the child would not be his, so whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring for his brother. What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death also. Judah then said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, Live as a widow in your father's household until my son Shelah grows up, for he thought he may die too just like his brothers, 
So Tamar went to live in her father's household. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. When Judah had recovered from his grief, he went up to Timnah to the men who were shearing his sheep, and his friend Hera the Adullamite went with him. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep, she took off her widow's clothes, covered herself with a veil to disguise herself, and then sat down at the entrance to Enim, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that though Sheila had now grown up, she had not been given to him as his wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. Not realising that she was his daughter-in-law, he went over to her by the roadside and said, Come now, let me sleep with you. And what will you give me to sleep with you, she asked. I'd send you a young goat from my flock, he said. Will you give me something as a pledge until you send it, she asked. And he said, what pledge should I give you? Your seal and its cord and the staff in your hand, she answered. So he gave them to her and slept with her and she became pregnant by him. After she left, she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothes again. Meanwhile, Judah sent the young goat by his friend, the Adullamite, in order to get his pledge back from the woman, but he did not find her. He asked the man who lived there, where is the shrine prostitute who was beside the road in Inim? There hasn't been any shrine prostitute here, they said. So he went back to Judah and said, I didn't find her. Besides, the men who lived there said, there hasn't been any shrine prostitute here. Then Judah said, let her keep what she has or we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send her this young goat, but you didn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of prostitution and as a result, she is now pregnant. Judah said, bring her out and have her burned to death. As she was being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law, I am pregnant by the man who owes these. She said, and she added, see if you recognise whose seal and cord and staff these are. Judah recognised him and said, she is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her to my son Sheila. And he did not sleep with her again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, so the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, his brother came out, and she said, so this is how you have broken out. And he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread on his wrist, came out, and he was named Zerah. Amen. So again, what a story we have here uh, with Tamar and Judah. And Judah recognising in verse 26, she is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her to my son, Sheila. Tamar worked out this intricate plan to try and get Judah to fulfil his uh, responsibilities. 
And Judah, I suppose, reasonably was concerned because two of his sons have, had already died and he didn't want the third one to die. But he should have kept his promises that he made. And he was quite ready to burn Tamar, the supposed prostitute, whenever he thought that she had done wrong. But he'd very conveniently forgotten that he had been involved in the process as well. So Tamar maintains her faith and she trusts that she's going to be part of God's family here. And she perseveres and she keeps going, even though people treat her badly, even though she has every right to walk away and say, this isn't for me, these people do not respect me. And that's the type of faith that we need in our lives, that we persevere, that we keep going, that we stand up for what is right, even against the odds. So let's pray this prayer that uh, we have at the end of chapter 8. Lord God, thank you for Tamar's faith, which would not let her give up her place among your people, no matter what it cost her. May our faith be as bold and brave as Tamar's. May we hold on to our right to be called children of God, no matter what it costs us. For we know the heavenly reward that is to come through Tamar's son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.